Are you having car trouble? Do you not have insurance? Well, I can't help you, and nor can this podcast. I'm sorry. I'm reviewing here! Uh, cars. I don't know anything about cars. One of my good friends was so freaking obsessed with cars growing up that he actually would speak in car like it was his own language. Yeah, I think I think I remember some of it. Goodbye was Chevy. Yeah, Chevy. And then hello, I think was, uh... oh my God. Wait, what was hello? Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I can't remember. Um... Uh, oh, well, I don't remember that, but I do remember fuck, you, you know, fuck was uh, Aztec because Aztec was a very brief car that came out like in the 90s. But anyway, wow. Anyway, hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watches and reviews sight and sounds top greatest movies of all time. This is a Cars themed episode. And I just want to give a little warning because um, this movie I'm going to review today is one of the most screwed up films I think I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen The Human Centipede, so I know my share of, of screwed up movies. Screwed up not necessarily in a bad way, but just uh, screwed up in that it is going to make you cringe. And I am going to have to describe some bits in the movie that are going to make myself cringe just alone. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of like, you know, warnings. I don't really, I'm not really good at giving out warnings because I have word vomit and I uh, kind of just in my own social life, I also have no warnings at all. So it's like, you know, I can't think of an example. There's a reason why, like, my friends, like, don't ever tell me secrets because I think they know that I can't keep it in and I'll eventually just, like, tweet the secret out, which I would never do, but apparently I've done that before and it's never been intentional. I just can't keep it up. And it, I cannot keep it in my head. I can't do that. My head is only too big. The more information I get, the more I'm going to talk. Why do you think I have a podcast? Hello? Why do you think people get podcasts? Hello? Hello? Oh, my God. Okay. Guys, today I'm going to talk about a movie that is uh, very controversial when it came out. I'm actually surprised that it made Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time list, but it kind of has a cult following, uh, and I just want to clarify, there is a an Oscar-winning movie called Crash. This is not that movie. I'm reviewing <laughs> the other Crash, the, the Canadian-made Crash, the very controversial Crash. Crash. This is Crash. Take a listen. The car crash is a liberation of sexual energy rather than a destructive event. Reshaping of the human body by modern technology. Are you badly hurt? Describe it to me. You coming?
This movie is G-rated. It's okay to watch with your family, and it's on Disney+. Plus. No, do not watch this with your family. Uh, actually, just don't watch this with anyone. Watch it by yourself. I think that's the best advice I can give you about uh, Crash. So, yeah, Crash. Wow, this movie came out in 1996. Can I quickly just segue for a second? Crash, the 2005 movie that uh, won Best Picture at the Oscars, and everybody was like, oh my god, it's the worst Best Picture winner ever. I loved Crash. Crash, I thought, was so well done. In fact, I own it on DVD. Yes, I do. I haven't seen it in a while. It got such a bad rep when it came out. I don't get why. Now, I will say this. Brokeback Mountain totally should have won Best Picture. I mean, yeah, that was ridiculous. That was the better made movie, but this is 2005 we're talking about, so everybody was like, oh my god, a gay movie? That can't win. It's gay. It can't win. Yeah, I know, but... That's disappointing, of course. But uh, yeah, but Crash, though, it's a movie about racism. I don't get why, like, so many people and so many critics, like, were so against it. I think a lot of people with Crash were like, it's all contrived. Like, all the stories, the way they connect with each other, it's overdone. And it's like, it, it's a movie. It's it's a story. What do you, it's, it's a movie about intersecting lives in Los Angeles and how... A lot of them are racist, and race plays a big part in their lives. I don't get what's... I, I, I think it's a fabulously acted movie. The music, the score, the performances. Ugh, it's just heart gut-wrenching. Um, reading about the movie, though, is a little sad, because the director, Paul Haggis, um, he's a great director, but uh, he was a former Scientologist, and he spoke out, and he was this, like, great, great guy. I mean, you see him in interviews. He seems like such a likable, normal guy. Well, uh, some women came forward and accused him of sexual misconduct. And I even read a story that when he was filming Crash, uh, Tandy Newton, one, the actress in the movie, there's this really gross scene where Matt Dillon, he plays like a crooked cop, a racist cop. I mean, he pulls over Tandy's character and he um, makes her spread her legs and he, you know, fingers her from behind. He sexually assaults her. And when they film that, it's part of the story, but in the movie... Paul Haggis apparently asked Tandy Newton to like not wear underwear in that scene to make it seem like more realistic. Dude, oh my God. When directors do shit like that, that drives me up a wall to make it more realistic. She can make it realistic as it is. She's a great actress. She doesn't need to take her underwear off. What are you talking about? It's nuts what directors got away with for so long. It's crazy. Anyway, Crash, that Crash, I don't think that Crash is on Satan Sounds list because a lot of critics hate it. Uh, I actually really liked it. This is a very different Crash. This is an NC-17 movie uh, Crash. 1996 it came out. It's a Canadian movie. It was uh, based on a very controversial, obviously, book by J.G. Ballard. I think that's how you say their name. Uh, written and directed by David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg, I reviewed one of his movies, Videodrome. That was early on in the podcast. Uh, he's still alive. He makes really screwed up movies. He makes really uh, disturbing horror movies. He also makes really weird, like, sci-fi uh, dystopian related movies. He makes really satirical movies. He makes really violent movies. Overall, he makes movies where you see images that you feel like you're not supposed to be seeing in your life. <laughs> like, seriously. But he does it in such a visceral way there are moments in crash that will forever haunt me but i i can't stop thinking about them not like in like not 
like in an arousing way. Oh god, no. This is not a sexy movie. Crash is not a sexy movie. At all. No, 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 no. I saw an article the other day, like, top greatest sexy movies of all time, and there was an image from Nymphomaniac on it. Nymphomaniac? Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac? That's not a sexy movie. That's not trying to be a sexy movie. What are you talking about? People need to get their act together, for God's sake. So what, what makes Crash so controversial and what is so crazy about it? It was very controversial when it came out. It premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, the famous Academy Award-winning director who did the Godfather movies, uh, I believe he was the president at the time, and he really disliked it, but a lot of the jurors did actually like the movie, and they kind of like secretly gave the movie... Uh, what was known as the Special Jury Prize, which was kind of different at the time. I think it was actually like a new prize that they gave out to the movie because they liked it, but it was basically like, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to get kind of like the downsized prize because your movie's, I mean, it's good, but it's it's really, really screwed up. Uh, I really want to say fucked up, but I'm trying to not curse on this podcast. This is a messed up movie. Why is it so messed up? It is a movie about people who get turned on by car accidents, car crashes. So if they watch a car crash, they will rip off their clothes and start humping people right near them. And this is a real thing. It's actually, it's I found it. It's called symphorophilia, which uh, is a term. There was there's a sexologist named John Money who named who uh, coined it, and it is quote a paraphilia involving sexual arousal from staging and watching disasters such as traffic collisions so it's like the adrenaline of it all you know it kind of it turns them on uh it's really really uh disturbing um traffic collisions are are fun to watch in like hollywood action movies but in real life no um i, I can't even get into those like late night like cop shows like where they have like real footage of car accidents no they're horrifying well, this is a real thing, apparently, and everyone has their little fetishes. Uh, so um, if you're into car getting, if you're into having sex from watching a car accident, um, I don't want to be friends with you. And I think maybe you should get some help. Uh, the people in Crash definitely need help. From the very beginning, this is the important thing to remember about Crash. Absolutely every single person in Crash is, like, bizarre kooky out there uh i keep saying messed up i'm trying to think of a different word disturbed deranged i read somewhere too that uh when he was making this like when it was in pre-production cronenberg uh allegedly said that hollywood uh really wanted him to kind of tone it down a little bit and make the like the leads in the movie a little bit more likable and more like like your everyday married couple which i'll get into and he said no he said he wanted the purpose of the movie to be that everyone in this movie <laughs> is a loony i mean truly truly yeah Imagine like the Looney Tunes, but you know, dirty and NC-17 and people like die and there's blood and, and scars and everything and people get aroused by it. Yeah, that's this movie. This movie exists like in a weird alternate reality that I would never ever in my life want to visit. I, w I don't want to meet any of the characters in this movie. If I did, I would call the friggin' cops. I don't know if they would do anything. Well, they probably would. Some of the shit that they get away with in this movie is insane, but... Yeah, this was a real thing. Now I'm gonna get about. I'm, I'm gonna get into the story. I want to read this quote about uh, the author, 
what the author J.G. Ballard said about uh, the movie, which was, uh, or I'm sorry, about her, uh, about the, the about, blah, 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 about the book. Uh, the introduction to Crash, this is really uh, interesting, and it's it, it's gonna, if you, if you, if I haven't scared you and you want to watch this movie, then go ahead, but this is, this really helps. Throughout Crash, I have used the car not only as a sexual image, but as a total metaphor for man's life in today's society. As such, the novel has a political role quite apart from its sexual content, but I would still like to think that Crash is the first pornographic novel based on technology. Uh, yeah, I can see that. In a sense, pornography is the most political form of fiction, dealing with how we use and exploit each other in the most urgent and ruthless way. Yeah, I can see that. Needless to say, the ultimate role—the role, ultimate role of Crash—is cautionary, a warning against that brutal, erotic, and overlit realm that beckons more and more persuasively to us from the margins of the technological landscape. I can see that a lot. I wish I could speak that way or write that way. I freaking can't. It annoys me. You see, Cronenberg in his movies, he is really, I said this about Videodrome, he's obsessed with, like, decay. Like, physical, bodily decay. He's obsessed with that. This isn't a horror movie, but he's done many horror movies where it's all about that. But Crash, there's a lot about Crash that is so vile and gross because it's about how society is becoming a decay, society is decaying, in and of itself, in a way, you know? N namely, people are getting turned on by watching car crashes. I mean, it's like that's where society has taken us. Th that's where technology has taken us, you know? I think that's the interesting thing about this movie. Now, I, I don't know if I totally understand the whole technological part of the film. And when I say that, what I mean is I guess the technology is cars, you know? But cars, like, cars have been around for a while, you know? I feel like if this was a movie about, like, robots or, like, AI, I would, I, it, would it would be much more uh, relevant in a way. But I don't know. Maybe when this came out, I mean, again, I don't know cars at all. Uh, don't ask me any car names. I don't know. I'm serious. Cars and sports, I don't know any of them at all. The only sports person I know is Michael Jordan. Why? Space Jam. Duh. So, I mean, Crash, I, I think the real message that Cronenberg and Ballard are really stating is just a plain and simple, we're all fucked. <laughs> um, technology is advancing and it's changing people and we're, it, it's messed up and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Boom. It's a very bleak, pessimistic story. And Cronenberg does not want you to look away. He wants you to watch every one of these awful carnage car accidents he wants you to watch these sex scenes up close and he wants you to not look away he does not want you to be turned on he wants you to be disgusted this movie makes you feel dirty it makes you cringe and it's meant to so it was no surprise that this of course was controversial when it came out it's no surprise that a lot of people are going to give up on this movie but it stuck around and it does have a cult following it's a very popular Cronenberg movie and it has a really big cast too so when it starts off, right off the bat, like the leads in this movie, they're played by James Spader and uh, this actress named Deborah Kara Unger. She, oh, if you've ever seen 13, the movie 13 with Evan Rachel Wood and Holly Hunter, she, she's in it. Great actress, very underrated. Right off the bat, they're not your typical like movie couple. Uh, he's a film producer and they live in Canada, Toronto, I think. Yeah, um, they live there and they're in an open marriage. 
boom, right from the get-go, you know that. Uh, the first scene of this movie is Catherine having really slow but, like, passionate sex with a stranger, and then James is having sex with someone he works with, like, on set, like, in a closet. Yeah. And then the next scene, you know, they're on their balcony, and she's leaning, you know, against the, the balcony, and her ass is out. And they just, they, they are so unbelievably uh, lecherous that it, it's it's over the top, you know? It's really, really over the top. But, you know, when they have sex, though, it's not really, like, they don't really seem to have fun when they have sex. They, they seem to have better sex when they're having it with strangers. Catherine is a very unique character in that she isn't even, like, there. You don't really know a lot about her. Like, who is this woman? At least from when I saw this movie, I, I didn't really, I couldn't really tell, like, who she was in a way. She She's not even really all there. The way she speaks in a way, and this is, you know, credit to Unger's performance. She speaks in such a soft, like detached way. It, it's odd. It's very, very odd. Anyway, things get kind of crazy where uh, there's one night, uh, he is driving at night and he's being stupid and he's reading like all these maps and stuff, I don't know, on, on his uh, dashboard and he crashes his car. He crashes it into another car. This guy from the other car goes through the window and goes through uh, James's window and James is, you know, badly hurt and he looks up and he sees this woman in the other car played by Holly Hunter and she is just staring at him very, very stoically staring at him, but there's this kind of like, like a uh, voracious look about her, you know, and her face. And then all of a sudden she just rips open her shirt and exposes her breast to James while she's in the car, you know, injured while he's in the car injured. Huh? What was that about? So James goes to the hospital. He's in, he's pretty beat up. He has, and this is again. I mean, you know, it's a Cronenberg movie. All these crazy, uh, ma the makeup in this movie that, that is disgusting, but it's meant to be. He's really banged up. He has like a brace in his leg, and you see these weird scar, disgusting scars on him. Uh, and he he's you know walking around the hospital, and he comes across Holly Hunter's character, and it turns out that she's a doctor. She's Doctor Helen Remington. And he also bumps into another guy, this strange-looking guy named uh, Dr. Robert Vaughn, played uh, tremendously by this actor named Elias Cotillas. Cotillas? Cotillas? I think that's how you say his name. You'd recognize him. He's a Canadian actor. He's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, he was in the Chicago show. Not the musical, but like Chicago... What is it called? Is it still on TV? Oh my God, like Chicago Fire? I don't know. There's so many Chicago shows. Get another city. Do Philadelphia. Philadelphia is cool. Um, yeah, but he meets him in the hospital and this guy, he just goes by Vaughn. He's really obviously weird because this is Crash and everybody's friggin' weird in this. And he's like very turned on by James's injuries. He kind of like looks at James and I, I wrote this in my notes. He's like a curious dog. It's like he's like sniffing, you know, James's wounds. It's so bizarre. It's so friggin' bizarre. Uh, so what happens next? James is very um, uh, interested by Helen. You know, what the hell is this woman? How does she know Vaughn? 
And, you know, he and her, they end up having sex in this car. And Helen basically introduces James to this weird, like, cult in a way. It's not called a cult, but it's basically a cult uh, in the movie where it's a group of people led by Vaughn. Vaughn is very much like like a cult leader in this. And these be- these people, again, like I said, they're all turned on by car accidents. And what Vaughn does is he reenacts these like famous car crashes throughout uh, history just to get people turned on. It's like performance art in a way. So, you know, Helen and James, they go to this like place far out, out of the city at night. And Vaughn and all these other actors, they're like, okay, we're going to recreate uh, the James Dean car crash. James Dean, very famous actor. He died when he was like 20, 25, I think, uh, in a horrible car accident. So they reenact it and everyone is just like, oh, they don't really, <clears throat> they don't really like start having sex, but you can just tell that it's like a fetish for them. James ends up, uh, so the cops show up and James runs away with Helen and Vaughn and there's not really a big plot in this movie. Not a lot necessarily happens plot-wise. James, obviously, is just immediately, you know, he drinks the Kool-Aid and he's turned on, just like Helen is. There are some more characters that come in. Rosanna Arquette plays another character in it named Gabrielle, who's like a core follower of Vaughn. Gabrielle also was in a horrible car accident, and she wears these leg braces and she has this disgusting looking scar going up and down her leg. James, uh, you know, bangs her, basically. No pun intended. Uh, you know, and he is just like, Cronenberg knows how to make you go <clears throat> watching his movies because the sex scenes in this movie are disgusting and revolting. Like when James and Catherine have sex, James like rips open her her pants and it's just or like her stocking whatever and it's just like he's like 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 sniffing her scar you know and it's like it's that moment where even i had to go okay it's just makeup it's just makeup it's not real it's not real but it's disgusting eventually but not surprisingly helen gets involved with uh vaughn and his you know whole culty weird society that he has Vaughn and Helen have sex. They go to, uh, James is driving and they go to this, uh, car, they go to get their car washed and, you know, they go in and everything is dark and, you know, there's some, the scene is so visceral. I I use the word visceral a lot. A lot of this movie is, you know, they're having crazy passionate, uh, no God, not passionate. They're just having crazy, like disgusting, painful looking sex and it cuts to like the next scene and Catherine is like in a daze she's just on her bed completely naked bruised from head to toe from what Vaughn did to her but it was all consensual she liked it she liked the pain you know and you can just see in James's eyes that he likes seeing his wife like this you know so both of them are getting more and more you know, corrupted by this society, by Vaughn. So how does this movie end? Well, James has a lot of sex. James all with everybody. James and Vaughn eventually have sex. Big scene in the movie. Uh, This scene apparently angered both when it came out. Of course, it angered traditional, like, right-wing people who were like, gay sex, I don't want to see that in a movie. 
but it also angered a lot of uh, the gay community too for a few reasons. Some of the gay community, some people in the gay community actually wanted that scene to be longer between James and Vaughn because it's actually a pretty quick scene. It's it's a disgusting moment because uh, Vaughn has just gotten a tattoo and James is like again. James likes to like sniff. James is like licking and like sniffing and like you know just pressing his mouth against this new tattoo that he just got, which I'm assuming, I'm assuming must be painful. You know, I, I'm not, I'm anti-tattoo. I can't get it. But apparently some gay people, they, it's not that they weren't even just, they weren't like, they didn't like it because it was, you know, a disturbing scene. They just didn't like it because they wanted it to be longer. That's kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about that. But the other people though, just the people who didn't like it, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of like on no side for this argument because these, both of these characters are just so unlikable and repulsive and repugnant and like gross. Yeah. So it's not even that they're having sex. It's just that they are who they are and that they're doing this so much, but more people have sex. Gabrielle, uh, you know, Rosanna Arquette's character, she and Helen also have sex in one scene. The end of the movie happens pretty quickly. So James and Catherine are driving and Vaughn is, you know, kind of chasing after them behind them in his car. And it's kind of like a speed chase. And then James ends up crashing his car and he dies. Uh, and then in the next scene, Catherine and James are driving in separate cars and Catherine is in front of James in her own car and she unbuckles her seatbelt and James sees this and then he kind of runs her off the road and he gets out of his car and he, you know, is, is she's on the ground and she's, she's badly injured and she's bruised, but you know, it's, it's all very sexualized. Like she has like her, her leg, you know, her dress is hiked up and her legs are showing and she says, you know, he's like, are you okay? And she just says in that very soft Catherine voice, I think I'm all right. And then James really eerily says, maybe the next one, darling, maybe the next one. And then they have sex. And then the movie ends. Oh. So basically when he said maybe the next one, what he meant was, okay, maybe the next car crash, you'll feel, um, you'll, you'll feel worse. And I think what Cronenberg is really trying to say here that these characters are just so out of their minds that it's going to just take them dying to feel, you know, the ultimate pleasure, if you know what I mean. It's so over the top. It is so over the top. There is a sex scene between, and this is, again, this, this is kind of gross. Um, there's a sex scene that is almost comical a little halfway through the movie where uh, Catherine knows about Vaughn and Catherine and James are having really long uh, sex in bed. And Catherine just starts speaking about Vaughn uh, to James. And she asks James to describe Vaughn to her. And she just says, James, I can't imagine what Vaughn's anus looks like. Can you describe it to me? And then she says more and more racy crap. Like, James, some semen is saltier than others. <laughs> Ew! Oh. oh my God. So, Crash, I've kind of said it all already. Do I recommend the movie? Yes, I do. Um, I do. It's a daring, daring movie. I love daring movies. I love, uh, you know, the statement that Cronenberg is trying to say. I, I don't know if I love how 
And I think this is why it's kind of, it's going to be a hit or miss movie. The, the plot wise, yeah, it doesn't have a traditional linear structure. And also it's just so overloaded with sex scenes that it almost, you know, it, I, I think I get it that it's the point of the movie for it to be overloaded with sex scenes, but it doesn't really make it a likable movie, if you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, not all movies have to be likable. You know, Cronenberg, this movie is all about how people are crazy. Okay, why, why, does there, why do there need to be likable characters in the movie? No. No, his message is plain and simple. Technology is increasing and people, you know, psychology, we don't, there is psychology about people that we don't know. And very soon, people are just going to lose their minds. They're going to get so depraved with this shit that they're going to just end up dying, you know? That's what we know is going to happen to James and, and uh, or James, well, yeah, Helen too, but James and Catherine in this movie, totally. Everybody in this movie, everybody, society is just tearing them apart. It is ripping them apart. Yeah. Not a comedy, people, and it's not a happy movie either, and it's not a sexy movie. But it did make a big wave when it crashed. It, it, <laughs> God, no pun intended again. I'm like pun heavy today. Uh, it did make a big uh, uh, splash, is what I meant to say. And, of course, it was very divisive with critics. It has a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think when it first came out, it just disturbed people on so many levels. But there were some people that loved it. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars. He said it was a challenging movie, but courageous and original. Uh, a dissection of the mechanics of pornography... But he, I agree with what he said. He said, I admired it, although I cannot say I quote-unquote liked it. It's very true. You can't like Crash. You can't like it. Um, I don't really want to watch it again. This was actually the second time in my life I'd ever seen it. The first time I watched it, I remember as a kid, back when you used to get Netflix movies in the mail. Oh, TBD. Oh, it's not Thursday. Throwback whatever day today this episode is airing. I remember getting that movie because it was always that movie I like read about but wanted to see, you know, because I knew Cronenberg. I was familiar with his movies because I was a, I've been a film geek my whole life, but I always wanted to see this one. You know, what was it about? What was with all those weird images of Holly Hunter looking all creepy and like, but kind of giving you like, like the let's screw around look, you know, I say that all the time, the let's screw around look um, to describe someone who's like horny, you know? And I, I watched it, I think, in high school in my room. My parents, like, in the next room. I actually used to watch movies late at night when they would go to bed. And I would just have it on really low volume. And I this was actually the second time I had watched it. I don't think I could watch it again. It is just a little bit too much for me. But you know what? Movies are meant to be challenging. They are. And Crash does that all the way. Uh, what is the moral of Crash? Oh, my God. Get help. That's the moral for a lot of movies I've reviewed so far, but Crash especially. Um, yeah, you know what? Get help. Uh, sex addiction is very common. It happens to a lot of families. There's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. But yeah, sex addiction. Um, sex addiction by people getting hurt in car crashes. That's uh, a little bit... Um, yeah, I think you need help. I think that's the big moral of this movie. Yeah. And also, like, don't lick cars. Don't lick wounds on people. I mean, if you're an animal, you can do that. But if you're a human being, don't do that. That's just really weird. 
Where can you watch Crash? Unfortunately, Crash is not available to stream anywhere at the moment. It is, I believe it is a Criterion, it's part of the Criterion collection, uh, but it's nowhere to be streamed at the moment. It used to be on Shudder, uh, S-H-U-D-D-R, which is like a, a, a uh, subsidiary of uh, AMC, but it no longer is. I will let you know once it becomes available. Uh, I don't even know if you can watch it um, like Sometimes, you know, like they put movies on YouTube, but yeah, I don't, this movie's too extreme for that. <laughs> YouTube would like get in serious trouble. Well, they wouldn't get in trouble. They would just like delete it. But yes. Wow. So I hope I haven't scared you all away. Uh, Crash is just a movie. It's not real. But yes, thank you for tuning in to, I'm reviewing here, new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, I think next, the next movie is a little sad, but not as uh, disturbing and uh, racy and sex crazy and pornographic or anything like that. So uh, don't worry. I think it's going to be a little bit more PG-13 rated. But yeah, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to I'm Reviewing Here. You can get this uh, podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram if you don't already at I'm Reviewing Here. You can also follow me personally at Mabusi. Why are you laughing? It's not funny. M-A-B-U-S-S-Y. B-U-S-S-Y is my last name, okay? Don't make it dirty. I just talked about this whole goddamn dirty movie. I'm not, do you really think I'm trying to be dirty again? Do you, do you, do? All right, I'm talking too fast. I feel like I'm in a car right now. Literally, this is what Crash does to you. But look, this is example. This is proof that a movie, no matter how bleak it can be, it can affect you emotionally. And Crash, you have done that. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, uh, don't have sex after watching a car crash. Okay, bye-bye. And before you go, if you like YouTube, uh, or if you're just like listening to your podcast on YouTube, you can also, sh uh, watch episodes of I'm reviewing here on my YouTube channel at I'm reviewing here new episodes. I think by now, by the time this episode airs, all of them should be up. It takes a while to upload episodes to YouTube because the internet is slow, but yes, uh, episodes on YouTube air the same day as they do on this podcast. So yeah, if you like that, go and subscribe. It's easy. Easy peasy, but no, you won't see my face. You're just going to see me doing that really annoying gesture of me pointing up, wearing that asshole hat, fedora hat that I always wear when I'm in an asshole mood. But yeah, feel free to get episodes on YouTube. That's all. Bye-bye.